Hello, and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening this week to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. The title of today's episode asks a question. The question is, why do you think the church is in the situation it's in today? Last week, as I was lying in bed, ready to settle down for the night, my heart was somewhat heavy concerning the state of the body of Christ as it is at this moment. To say that I'm disappointed and burdened over the conditions of Christianity today does not adequately describe my true feelings. I was wondering how we came to this place of hatred, sin, rebelliousness, dishonesty, with such low morals and lack of integrity. But then I had a light bulb moment. An epiphany, you might say. Within a time that was less than a second, it dawned on me that we're only repeating the sins of Israel in the Bible. I began to think of the prophets of old, how they warned the people to repent and turn away from their sin. I thought of how Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel warned not only their kings and leadership, but also the everyday common people to turn from their wickedness. Noah cried out and warned the people that it was going to rain, but they went on, as Jesus said, living their lives, eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up until the day Noah entered the ark. Throughout the word of God, if the people paid any attention to the warnings of the prophet, it was not enough for them to turn and repent. As I laid with my heart so heavy, I also thought of the heaviness that the prophets carried in their hearts and spirits. I knew then that my own is much like theirs were. However, the moment of clarity came with the realization of the fact that what's occurring now in the church and body of Christ is exactly what occurred during the time of the prophets of old. The only thing that has kept God from wiping out the church entirely as he wiped out other nations and even allowed Israel to go into captivity is his grace and mercy that came through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Over and over, the prophets warned the people of their wickedness and sin. And today, the warnings continue in the church and body of Christ against his wickedness, racism, and sin. It's continually being made aware of the hypocrisy and lying that it brings forth. It's being warned of his hatred and divisiveness in the body of Christ. Even now, I remember how Jesus said in Matthew 23, 29 through 32 in the New International Version, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. The church does not want to hear the truth. I continually say that it amazes me as to how at one time, as a prophet, I was so welcomed and honored by churches and people up until the time that I began to speak against racism in the body of Christ. I said then, as I continue to say now, I would rather be corrected before people here on earth than stand before my father and in the judgment 
And he would say to me that I said something to his sons and daughters that he never intended them to hear. I continue in that life of integrity and fear of God. I continue to ask him to speak to me as well as speak through me, teach me and correct me if I'm wrong in hearing what I believe he's telling me to speak. And if I am wrong in what I'm speaking, then I assure you that God will stop me, correct me, and even chastise me should I refuse to heed his word. But he continues to tell me to warn his sons and daughters as the prophets of old warned Israel during their times. So by all means, let the church complete what their ancestors started so that our father can finish what he has promised. It's astonishing concerning those who feel that they're so good and holy. Those who truly believe that they're above and so much better than the unsaved, the atheist, the agnostic, and the unbelievers like the Pharisees who walked with their flowing robes and wanted to be treated with such respect and have the seats of honor is the way so many Christians are today. Christians as a whole believe that they are going to be caught up in a twinkling of an eye and leave everyone else behind. Again, as Jesus said, it's just like the Pharisees and teachers of the law, they will be punished most severely. It's as though I can hear so many saying right now, we're nothing like the Pharisees. So Christians don't think they're like the Pharisees? Let me share something with you that I read on a news app last week. I'm quoting directly from the news app Smart News from an article that they repented. And I quote, ask a Christian to describe other Christians and the answers likely will be giving, compassionate, loving, and respectful. Ask a non-Christian, on the other hand, and the more likely descriptors you'll get for Christians are hypocritical, judgmental, and self-righteous. Non-Christians are also far more likely to say Christians do not represent the teachings of Jesus. Close quote. The Smart News app goes on to read that, and again I quote, those are the results of a new survey conducted by the Episcopal Church released Wednesday, March 9th, that illustrates stark differences between how Christians and non-Christians view Christianity in the United States. The news app Smart News took this information directly from RNS religion news service. The survey was taken by the Episcopal Church and was released by the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, Bishop Michael Curry. Let me share a few other things that non-Christians see and think of Christians according to this survey. And again, I quote, researchers narrowed in on the disconnect between how Christians perceive themselves and how non-Christians are people with no religious affiliation see them. Strong majorities of evangelical Protestants, 71%, mainline, mainline Protestants, 59%, 
and other Protestants, 65%, and other Christians, 61%, said they viewed Christians overall as compassionate as did 46% of Catholics. However, only 15% of those who belong to other religions said the same, and the number was even lower among people who claim no religious affiliation at 12%, end quote. So basically, what this survey shows is that those who are not Christians don't want to be Christian because of the way that those who call themselves Christians portray and live lives of Christianity. The survey was called Jesus in America. And among the questions asked was, what characteristics are associated with Christians in general? There were about 20 character traits listed, but I won't take up the time with giving them all. But when it came to other religions, 36% see Christians as hypocrites, where 55% of non-religious people see them that way. 50% see Christians as self-righteous and 54% see them as judgmental. Only 5% see Christians as truthful and only 7% see them as honest. When the question was asked, does Christianity represent the values and teachings of Jesus? 29% of non-religious people said they do not represent them at all. Not at all. Instead of being concerned about the president's ratings, Christians need to focus on their own. Selah. Those numbers are absolutely embarrassing for what is called Christianity today, but it's the truth. And the truly sad thing is that it's not just how people see those that call themselves Christians. It's basically how Christians actually are. Christians see themselves and want others to see them as compassionate giving, loving, and respectful, but others see Christians as a bunch of lying hypocrites. Going back to that same chapter of Matthew at the 15th verse, it reads, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a, to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. How well I remember giving for overseas missions, for souls to be brought into the kingdom of God, not realizing that those who were being one were destined to the same fate of those who were witnessing to them. And the worst part about that is, is that those who witnessed to them that the new converts emulated and became like them hypocrites. I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of people mad, but at this point, it really doesn't matter to me. Let me say first and foremost, I am truly sorry for all that's happening in Ukraine. My heart goes out 
to the Ukrainians in this war. However, what I see is the fact that Ukraine is a predominantly Christian nation, and so is Russia. However, these two European nations are also two of the most hateful, racist nations in the world. Remember what 1 John 4.20 reads? If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. Asians, Indians, Pakistanis, and Blacks were denied exits at the borders while trying to escape the Russian invasion simply because their skin is not white. They were denied entrances onto trains, buses, and other vehicles leaving the areas of dangers, not because they broke the law or because it was women and children first. It was simply because their skin wasn't white. But the Ukrainians are Christians. They're diehard, Bible-toting, probably spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians. However, anyone who did not look Aryan was pushed away while allowing those who looked Aryan to board the trains and buses to escape. Am I making this up? No. This very issue was and is still being addressed before the United Nations and NATO. But here are Christians wanting others to be Christians. And yet again, while asking their mixed congregations to give to the Ukrainian plight, this is not something that white pastors are addressing before their mixed congregation on Sundays from their pulpits. They're sweeping that under the rug with the other big white elephant in the room. Do you know why Jews were so hated in the Bible? It was because of how they wiped out other nations and literally performed genocide missions to take lands. Yes, it was at God's command. And it was something that if they had could remain faithful to God, never would have come up against them. But they didn't remain faithful. They began to worship the very gods that our God, the true and living God, had wiped other nations out because they worshiped them. They didn't remain faithful. So now I must wonder if what happened to the Jews during the Holocaust was an ongoing result of what their forefathers did in the Bible. Am I being blasphemous? Of course not. It's simply a matter of realizing that they were hated for more than just being Jewish and God's chosen people. And so it is with Christians. We're not being hated just because we're Christians. Christians are being hated, resented, and rejected more and more every day because of their own hatred, hypocrisy, and lack of integrity. They're hated 
because of their lying, self-righteousness, and dishonesty. They're being hated more and more every day, which is the reason that eventually it will come to a place where they will be not only persecuted, but literally killed for being Christians. And in spite of wanting to look so innocent, sanctimonious, and holy, the reason will be because of what Christians have brought on themselves. It will not be about being martyrs, but because of their own lack of morals, honor, and integrity. It will be because of how Christians themselves have caused others to view them. It's Christians who are destroying Christianity. Let's talk just a little bit more about hypocrisy in the body of Christ. One of the reasons so many Christians have taken up the cry against abortion, it's not just because it's so wrong, and yes, we all agree that it is totally wrong, but because it gives them a sense of self-righteousness, it allows them to see themselves as good, holy, and righteous in their own sight, but certainly not God's. They can rally against others having abortion while they themselves are committing adultery, lying, fornicating, hating, being hypocrites with no character, honor, or integrity. They are choosing one thing out of the Bible that they can really embrace while leaving all the rest alone, including the Ten Commandments being ignored and totally broken. Let me close with this final verse that God gave me on Thursday of last week. In 2 Chronicles 36, 15 through 16, from the New International Version, it reads, The Lord, the God of their ancestors, sent word to them through his messengers again and again because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked God's messengers, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of God was aroused against his people and there was no remedy. God's anger is being aroused against his people and there will be no remedy. It's not because the people are scoffing at his prophets. If that were the case, he'd probably just give his prophets a blessing, allow the Holy Ghost to comfort us and tell us to get out of the flesh. I know because that's what he's done with me before. But it's because the people, his people, have despised his word. The Bible didn't say all people or even the people of the land. It says his people. It's for those who call themselves by his name. Those who wear the label Christian that God is saying that his wrath will be poured out upon them and there will be no remedy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E 
E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.